Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Friday, October 23rd, 2020. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. My God, Dr. Mike O'Neill is just the best dentist you've ever gone to or ever will go to that I've ever gone to. Call him, make an appointment, change dentists, get it done. Take control of your dental health, 317-849-2933. Let's talk about sports. Uh, Big Ten football, back tomorrow, baby, Indiana hosts Penn State, number eight, Penn State, Purdue hosts Iowa. Let's talk about Indiana a little bit. Indiana right now is six-point underdog. The over-under keeps expanding. Now it's at 61, started at about 58, 59. People keep betting it up. People keep betting that IU line down. I don't get it. Look, Indiana against Penn State at Memorial Stadium. Indiana, they haven't won, but they haven't got housed either. And, and so people think that Indiana is going to be able to stay close. And, and, and I'll tell you what, we have no idea what's going to happen. This is a weird season. This is an anomalous situation. We've never gone through this. We have no idea how this is going to affect either the favorite or the underdog or the home team or the road team. Does it matter that there aren't going to be fans or that there are only going to be family and a few select friends at these games? We have no idea, so I stay off this stuff. Normally, against Penn State, the number eight team in the country, you would think Indiana has scant chance to win or to stay close. I don't know what's going to happen. Is, it, is somebody going to have figured out how to prepare for this season at a higher level, at a different level, at a more competitive level than other teams? Are, are some programs going to have an advantage. I, I have no idea. Uh, Penn State historically, you know what? They beat Indiana last year at Penn State. Indiana lost by seven. The year before at IU, they lost by five. The year before that, they lost by 31 at Penn State. The year before that, 14. The year before that, 22. The year before that, six. So what it looks like is at Indiana, you know what? They get beat by five. 14 and 6, the last three times that Penn State's visited. You want to take, you want to take the 6 and think that Indiana is going to remain close? You go right ahead. History tells me, and this is 40 years of history watching Indiana football, I stay away from Indiana <laughs> against Penn State if I'm only getting 6 points. You want to give me like 17 points, we can have a conversation. But six points, no chance. Pat Forty at SI.com had a really interesting article yesterday about the SEC and about corruption in college basketball with coaches like Will Wade, who have flat out paid players out of his own pocket. And this is pretty well documented, and the NCAA has done nothing about it. Look, here's the deal with college basketball. If you're not going to penalize cheaters, what you're going to do is allow every or force everybody to cheat. If you can make millions of dollars as a basketball coach and the NCAA drags its ass in holding you accountable for it and you can continue to make a million bucks or millions of dollars a year for let's say three years while they get their crap together and try to figure out what to do with you and what to do with your program, who doesn't cheat? If you can put $10 million in your pocket because you cheated your ass off and brought in great players to populate your program and become suddenly competitive, 
in the SEC or wherever, ACC, Big Ten, whatever conference, you know what? Why wouldn't you do it? What is the disincentive for a pragmatic human being? Not a, not a guy who's thinking morally, I got to do this the right way. I'm not talking about those guys I'm ta- who are punished by the NCAA's apparent indifference to cheating. I'm talking about the guys who are pragmatic, who are trying to make a buck coaching college basketball. Guys like Will Wade. There's no disincentive. Of course you're going to cheat your ass off. Because if you're making 3 or $4 million a year, and it's going to take the NCAA years to hold you accountable, you're going to put $10 million in your pocket. That's the easiest decision ever for a pragmatist. As we all know, I would not be pragmatic. I, I would not cheat. I, I would not, you know, cave in to the temptations of wealth. Uh, I, I would do it the right way. My team would go 8-25. and 25. I would get fired immediately. <laughs> and I would spend the rest of my life bitching and moaning about the guys who cheated their asses off and are now living, you know, in the south of France or someplace. Or, you know, they've got the the 18-room uh, mansion down on Marco Island with a 78-foot boat. I, I would do a lot of bitching about those guys, but I would never join them, ever. And shame on the people who would. You're supposed to be an educator, for the love of God. Uh, but it's an interesting article, and there are coaches who are really, really not happy with the guys like Will Wade, who, who are cheating their asses off, in order to feather their own nest. And any university who, in the name of winning, would continue to employ a reprobate like Will Wade, shame on them. Shame on LSU for doing business with, with a guy who, who is, is this vacant of morality. Shame on them. You're supposed to educate people, for God's sake. What are you educating them to do? Cheat? Shame. Uh, no lead safe in the NFC East. Last night, the New York Giants had got an 11-point lead under five minutes to go in the game. The Eagles, they come back, they score two touchdowns, they win 22-21. The, the great part of the game, nobody cares about this game, and nobody cared last night. Only idiots watched this thing. Idiots, uh, I'm not, not intellectually. I mean, people with nothing else to do. People who are repelled. By, by the political climate today and didn't want to watch a debate. They watched the Giants and the Eagles, and they were rewarded by Daniel Jones falling down after an 80-yard run. Runs 80 yards. He's flying. He's, he's headed to the end zone. There's nothing but green expanse in front of him. And his legs come out from under him, and he collapses at, uh, at about the six-yard line. From there, the Giants, they scored a touchdown anyway. But it's all over social media, and it's very funny. And if you haven't heard the call of ESPN Deportes, uh, the Spanish-language fellas calling this, it's very funny. I don't know why things are funnier in Spanish. They just are. Um, Hulu Live is going to not carry the RSNs. Those are the regional sports networks like Fox Sports Indiana and Marquee. Uh, those are all operated by Sinclair, and uh, Hulu couldn't come to an agreement, an extension to carry those networks. So those networks are going to drop off Hulu Live today. It's not a big deal. I spend no time watching Fox Sports Indiana outside of basketball season, 
and Marquis. How, how many times do I want to watch Carlos Zambrano throw a no-hitter against the Astros in Milwaukee? I saw it live. I don't need to see it again. And, and I don't need to have Mark DeRosa play against Mark Grace in, uh, in Cubs trivia anymore in my living room. So I, I, I use those networks specifically for play-by-play uh, -play events. And there aren't going to be any play-by-play -play events on there probably until the first of the year with the NBA. So I don't give a damn. But if we get to the first of the year when the Pacers are going to start playing again, and we don't have Fox Sports Indiana, they, everybody in central Indiana is going to have to make a decision about whether they want to continue to subscribe to Hulu Live or go back to some kind of traditional cable because I'm watching Pacers basketball. Speaking of Pacers basketball, before we get to a, uh, uh, the Orbs picks and, and the high school football schedule, um, they, a three-way trade was proposed. It, it sent to me via text by Alex Gould, and Alex and I do the Setting the Pace podcast every Sunday. And, uh, and so and what people are talking about now are these phantom trades, these guesses at trades, and especially the three- and four-team trades I find especially cloying because who knows? Like, you're, you're never going to predict accurately a three- or four-way trade. Maybe you can foresee what the Pacers might do or a team might do in a two-way deal, but a three-way trade, that's just I I impossible to get right. And so the trade that Alex is proposing is Miles Turner, and this is a three-way trade, but really what it boils down to is Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, they leave, and in their place, the Pacers get Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris. Now, I like Joe Harris. Joe Harris can shoot. He's not a terrible defensive player. I like Joe Harris. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's okay, but he's not a great shooter. So Harris coming. Harris last year had a win shares number of 4.3, while Miles Turner had a win shares number of 4.2. A few years ago, though, Miles Turner had a, a win share number of 8. That's significant. I, I would be... Now that Nate Bjorkren is the head coach of the Pacers, I don't know. i, I got to find out what this guy wants, right? Now we know who the coach is. Who's going to fit? I mean, he was talking about having those two guys play together, Miles Turner and Domas Sabonis, in a way that really was kind of intriguing. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Pacers stand pat. Speaking of that, uh, the NBA 2K grades are out, and uh, Victor Oladipo is ranked fourth among Pacers. I wonder how that sits with Victor Oladipo. You've got Domas Sabonis and uh, TJ Warren at 85, Malcolm Brogdon at 83, Victor Oladipo at 82, TJ Leaf. Poor TJ Leaf. I feel terrible for TJ Leaf. He was ranked 14th with a score of 71 by the NBA 2K Live people. That's sad. Um, that, of course, none of this means anything. Uh, the Pacers as a team, they graded terribly in rebounding and defense, which is entirely appropriate and predictable. So, uh, thank God the game had been played in NBA 2K. But if you look at the 2K scores and then look at what the Pacers did last year, maybe Nate McMillan wasn't that bad a coach. You know what I mean? Uh, tonight, you've got Illinois at Wisconsin in Madison. That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Wisconsin, a 19-and-a-half-point favorite 
in this thing. Illinois was not bad last year. Illinois only got beat by Wisconsin by a point last year. They went to a bowl. They were 6-7. and seven. This is not Illinois from four years ago. This is not a bad football team. For them to be 19-and-a-half-point dogs in a season where, like I said earlier, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. That's quite something. Um, and then we've, we've got some NFL games. Uh, the Orb will make predictions on the NFL games on the Periscope feed of Breakfast with Kent as we matriculate outside. As long as it doesn't rain, it's not raining yet. So we'll uh, move outside for the Periscope and Twitter feed and, uh, and make those picks. Tonight, sectional play begins in football, and there are a lot of teams who aren't playing, a lot of cancellations because of COVID. The rule is that if a team has three COVID designations, three positives for COVID on their roster, then their team has to forfeit. And so there are a lot of forfeits. Uh, but some of the games being played in five, no 6A games, by the way. Uh, but 5A, you've got Decatur Central at Terre Haute North. 4A, Ron Colley at Attics. 4A, Beach Grove at Short Ridge. 3A games, three of those uh, with local interest. Chittard at Hamilton Heights. West Lafayette at Garen Catholic. Uh, Greencastle at Washington in 2A and other three games locally. Lapel at Frankton. Uh, Heritage Christian at Winchester. And Cecina, led by the great Ott Hurley. Uh, a name, fun name just to say, Ott Hurley. Uh, against Centerville. And then in 1A, Covenant Christian at Edinburgh and Tindley at Sheridan. Let's celebrate some birthdays on this uh, this kind of sketchy Friday. I got to tell you the truth. The weather, it's gonna it's starting warm, then it's going to get really cold, and in between we got rain. What are you going to do? Uh, the great Louis Stevens celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to Lou, who just hung up his whistle as the uh, head soccer coach for the, uh, the girls' team at Floyd Central High School. Did a great job. Won another sectional this year. It's the Louis Stevens Invitational. That's what they call the sectional down in southern Indiana. Uh, Mayor Parikia celebrating a birthday. Paul Lucas, the great Jill Fabian, celebrating a birthday. Dave Grenoble, Mike Lefko, happy birthday to Mike. Uh, J.R. Uh, Schumann, happy birthday. Angie Wynn, Shay, Steve uh, Collier, Craig Ferguson, Josh Halpern, the great Tom Marquise, happy birthday. Scott Strassmeyer, happy birthday. Lindsay Sarajewski, Adams, happy birthday. They said that no man could tame her. Well, this guy named Adams, it seems either she's tamed him, which I think is far more likely, or he has tamed her, or they've tamed each other. Uh, Kirk Atkins, Sleetle, celebrating a birthday. Melissa King and Gary Eiler, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That is best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, Inside Indiana Sports Now, we're going to have a nice conversation well, uh, a bi-week conversation with Philip Rivers, the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, we're going down to Bloomington. We're going to have a lot of fun. What are you going to do? It's what we do. We get to go where we want to do these shows. So why not go to Bloomington? It's God's country. It's opening weekend. Let's go, right? <laughs>